Hey there, welcome to the Grace Rancho Weekly Podcast, where our goal is to help you, our church members, better understand the what and why of our Sunday morning worship services. I'm Michael, I'm here with Pastor Eric, as always. How's it going? It's going great, how are you? Doing really good. It's a good Wednesday afternoon, ready for a podcast. Kind of warmer today. Warmer than it's been, yeah. It's nice though. Yeah. What are we talking about today, Eric? Oh, we got some things on the agenda. Um, I want to talk about last Sunday night a little bit. Great. We had a really fun surprise last Sunday night. Tim Carey, our Bible translating missionary who's doing work in Venezuela, was there. Yes. Funny thing. he I emailed him and asked if we could be praying for anything specific. And he emails me back saying, hey, I might be in town. Can I show up? <laughs> And I say, of course. So he's able to come to our Sunday evening time together. He prays with us. We get to hear an update from him. Um, it was, I think, really encouraging for him to be there. I think we were all encouraged. Um, I felt like it was such a great time. Oh, yeah. I, I think just hearing about the work they're doing in Bible translation, it's so important. Well, we have Bibles in our laps and on our phones and computers. And we take that for granted. And we forget that there have been uh, blood, sweat, and tears have gone into getting us our Bibles. And there are still people in the world right now with no Bible in their language. And it's so true. Tim Carey's ministry um, is helping get these these translated, or these languages translated. So they they do, are just really good getting the book of Acts yeah. finished or done right now. Yeah, it's amazing. And churches are being uh, started as a result, and they're praying yeah. for more. So we got to hear from him. And pray for him, uh, focused on all our missionaries Sunday night. Mm -hmm. We did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like reminding ourselves that even though we're kind of a little church compared to some of the big ones that have a lot of missionaries all over the world, we, we have a few, but that doesn't um, mean we can't have a global impact through yeah. our praying. So our prayers can spread to every corner of the globe and we can have impact on uh, God's redemptive advance of the gospel to the nations simply by praying. Mm -hmm. and, and the beauty of that is like these things that we're praying for, we will not even know the fruit in this life. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, there's, well, there's updates we'll get on occasion, but, but probably we'll pray for a lot of things. We will never see any result until we get to heaven one day and shake someone's hand and they will be the fruit of the labor of some missionary in some place we never had been and um, the Lord had answered our prayers. So that's that's exciting to think about. The fruit of this Bible translation work will go on for many years too. If you just think of the yeah. generations that now have scripture in their hands. Yeah, that's right. Tim was uh, really encouraged to be there too, just to see how our church was doing. Um, I think last time he came, we didn't have an evening service. Um, we were much smaller. He, um, we were still kind of really in the early stages of the revitalization. So he didn't, he didn't really know us very well, didn't know what was happening. But he saw Sunday night and he just seemed to be super encouraged. Yeah. It, this is um, not like the main point of anything, but an interesting fact is that this Sunday night, we probably had as many people in our sanctuary as we had had on any Sunday last July. 
That's true. Any Sunday morning last July. That's true. Yeah, our Sunday evenings are about the size of our Sunday mornings were about a year year ago. Yeah. Um, just thinking about missionaries, people might be listening and not know exactly who our missionaries are. Probably sound like a maybe a broken record in this, but if you get your membership directory out, you can look and on the last page, we have our missionaries listed so you can pray for them. And we've got Ralph and Joanne Justiniano. They do work in Japan. They've been there for many years, have faithfully served through um, some hard and seemingly fruitless times, but have seen a lot of fruit now. We've got Cecil and Deb Odell in Long Beach working with Japanese students. So more Japanese there. Mike and Michelle Beard. Baird? Beard? Beard. Beard. They're, doing, they're doing simple coffee in Vietnam. They are simple coffee in Vietnam. Tim and Louise Carey who we just talked about doing translation work in Venezuela. They're actually based out of Idaho. And then Ted and Viv Ruiz, um, long-term missionaries in the Philippines, who are actually going to be coming off the field this year. Yeah, so just a few of them, uh, five uh, different couples there that we've supported throughout the years. Um, But sounds like they're doing really great work and glad to, to support them. Also, though, so in your directory, I think, Michael, this next printing, we need to have some contact information on there. I agree. So yeah. we can have all our members um, feel f- the freedom to send an email to Tim and Louise Carey. Say they're praying mm-hmm. for the work. Um, stay in touch. I mean, this doesn't have to be the committee's job, the missions committee. I think we can all do this. Totally and agree. if you have a heart for missions, uh, get the information and contact them and pray for them specifically. I'm telling you, this membership directory, do we say it enough? I don't know. It's the second most important book. It is. Because you have your Bible, which is the Word of God, and your membership directory, which is the people of God. People of God. Word of God, people of God. Keep that booklet nearby. Use it. Pray for those people. Support them. Know them. Uh, So important. Yeah. It's a a great tool to to know people and pray for people. But yeah, this Sunday night was was really great. We heard, started in the Pentateuch. Mm-hmm. We heard from you on an overview of Genesis, a book of beginnings. Yeah, origins. And we're going to start Exodus this next week. We're going to do the first portion of it. So should be should be interesting. Hoping to get overviews of all these Pentateuch books. Um, I think it'll be foundational if people especially are new to understanding the big storyline of Scripture. These will be crucial, really important, and helpful. We talked about informed rereading. Hear these, learn mm-hmm. from them, get outlines, get key themes, uh, learn what it's all about. It'll give you an idea of how to read it. Then go back and actually read it and look for those things, and you'll find that you'll make discoveries you've never seen before. Yeah, and it's fun because it gives you, I feel like a lot of times, new reasons to praise God as you read through the Bible because yes. you're seeing him at work more clearly. Yeah, you're seeing... Which is exciting. Yeah, I think this helps. This series will help those of us. I think it's just probably common if we were raised in Sunday school. You got David and Goliath, and Jonah and the big fish. Parting the Red Sea. Parting the Red Sea. You got these great stories. But what are they all pointing to? How do they fit into this big redemptive story? You got to get the Pentateuch to understand those things. First five books of the Bible. Very foundational. I also appreciated what Tim said about our, our time. He was uh, with us and um, he came up to me afterwards and he said, you know what? I, I need to encourage you because 
I, I go to many churches and listen to the singing. And a lot of times it's all the women singing and, and men just don't sing. Like I never, I don't, I just don't hear men singing, but, but tonight the men were just drowning out all the other voices. The men were just enthusiastic and loud and singing heartily. And I was so encouraged. And as, as Tim's saying this, he's beginning to well up with tears. Hmm. It's such a rarity to have uh, such hearty singing um, uh, in church these days. Sometimes it's the, the music just drowns voices out. So why sing anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I was encouraged. And, and we really want to cultivate the, the singing, the corporate congregational singing of our church. Yeah, we, we sing because first and foremost, we want to praise our great God through our singing. Our, our, our songs are focused on him. Another reason we sing is to sing to one another, to encourage one another through the things we're affirming and singing and saying in faith. Yeah, it's, it's remember how last week in communion we talked about one of the things you do is look around because you notice there's, there's people around you that you've committed to and they're also partaking of um, Christ in his salvation. Well, the same is true in singing. Yeah, you sing to God. Yes, it's about God. First and foremost, no question, we're worshiping God but Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 are very clear. Sing to one another. Admonish in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. These are, um, this is our calling. Our, our congregational singing is meant to build up one another. Mm-hmm. So I, and I look around and I see, you know, the, these people I know and love that are struggling with a, a dying parent, for example, mm-hmm. and they're singing at the top of their lungs, their joy in Christ and his finished work. And they're, they're singing about their anticipation for heaven. It's just moving. It is to see that it's, it's encouraging. It's unifying. It reminds us of what we're all here for and how that purpose transcends all the other things we have going on in our lives. Um, so I was encouraged to hear Tim recognize without any prompting the kind of quality of congregational singing we're getting here. Yeah. If, if you are afraid to sing because you think you sound bad, just know I'm often more encouraged by terrible singers <laughs> singing loud because, because they're eager to worship. That's right. Rather than remaining quiet. I'd rather hear that person than the person who sings beautifully because the person who sings beautifully isn't going to have a hard time with that. It's easier for them to sing loud regardless of what they're singing. I'm really encouraged by people who sing regardless of what they sound like because their hearts are really in it. That's right. Even if you sing a little too early. Mark Severance. And you just <laughs> like maybe jump once the a gun. month. <laughs> yeah. He often uh, anticipates songs going one way where and they Michael's might not going be going. Another way. Or or every now and then I mess up and he's correct. <laughs> but no one would know. Might be 50-50. <laughs> but let's move on. Actually, sorry, we're gonna stay. And Sunday night for a minute, because I like all the things we have written here. You mentioned on Sunday night something about incremental revival and how revival isn't just something that's big and massive and thousands of people, but it's one person at a time. Yeah. Revival is this thing that we talk about when we think about the past, we hear about revivals. Um, And sometimes when we hear about revivals, we can think of some event Like, hey, they're hosting a revival as if a revival is something you could plan and put on a schedule. 
It's not. It's an act of God. The Spirit gives revival. The Spirit gives revival through His Word. But there have been real revivals that happen. I think the Great Awakening under Jonathan Edwards and um, George Whitfield was a real mm-hmm. revival. Um, there have been places throughout history where real revivals took place. Um, of course, I'm preaching through Nineveh or through, through Jonah. <laughs> the <laughs> book of Nineveh. <laughs> Eric knows his Bible well. Yeah, right. Preaching through Jonah and Nineveh, the entire city repents. That's got to be revival. There's no other explanation. And so, but, but in those cases, when we're talking about revival, we are normally thinking of the, the amazing sermon where everyone repre- repents and salvation comes to hundreds, thousands, perhaps of people, the, the society changes as a result. And of course we can pray for that. Like, let's pray for that too. That's, that's, that would be amazing. And, um, that is unpredictable and only God can cause that. However, I think more, uh, often God uses the regular means of grace, the regular preaching of his word and his gospel, the regular lives, the ordinary lives of his people who are seeking obedience to what God has called them to do. And so what we talk about is not necessarily always trying to just get this big revival thing going, but what we call an incremental revival one person at a time, one conversation at a time, over the span of years, not days or weeks or months even, over the span of years, decades, that over time, people have this urge to give God the glory he deserves, uh, to know him intimately, to serve him faithfully, and then to invest in others to do the same thing. And so this revival swells slowly but surely under the preaching of the word and as faithful church members disciple one another. Being faithful and being consistent to do what the Bible calls us to do produces revival. Little over the the span of years, revival. Yes. Great. So I would, and and that's something you don't have to be a preacher to be a part of. Mm -hmm. You average church member. You need to love people. Love people, pray for people, spend time with people, speak the truth to them. Be eager to share the gospel to yeah. believers and unbelievers. Spend, yeah. Spend and be spent giving your life to serve others. I mean, it'll be, it'll be little by little, but that's how this revolution takes place. Yeah, it's a great encouragement. Let's move on. We're going to, I'd say let's talk about this Sunday, but let's talk about this weekend. Um we have a memorial service here this Saturday. Yeah. And it's probably a good... Sometimes we don't know the people we go to funerals and memorial services of. Uh, we, we don't know who they are, maybe because they're a relative of someone. Um, and so we didn't know them personally. But why would we go then to the funeral, maybe of someone we don't know extremely well? Yeah. The opportunity to minister to a family during a funeral seems to be a pretty good one. Pretty good opportunity to take advantage of that. You ever done a funeral? I did a pretty spur of the moment funeral this early August, July, end of July. That's right. And at at funerals, people are pretty sensitive. Maybe they're Mm -hmm. grieving usually. 
Ecclesiastes 7 says that it's better to go to a house of mourning than a house of feasting. Does that mean it's better to go to a funeral than a wedding? I think it does. And it says, because that is the end of all men and the living will take it to heart. So there's such an opportunity to, to teach there. It, re- it reminds us of the reality of death. It confronts us with that. Eternity's coming soon. Reminds us of James 4. Life is but a vapor. And so, so it's good to just then, therefore, as scripture says, be in a house of mourning at a funeral. But like you said, it's also really great to be with the family and care for them. If you know someone whose loved one has passed, then it's a great opportunity to be with them and love them, regardless of if you knew that person well. Support the family. Love right. Them. Even if you have, I mentioned teaching, but even if you have nothing to say, like sometimes the best way to support is just to show up yeah, and your be there and put your arm around someone or, or give them a hug and uh, tell them you love them. Yeah, so we, we have uh, a precious family of ours here in the church. Hans and Cheryl uh, lost uh, their uh, Hans's mom. Uh, Gail, who was actually a member here for, Long time for member. several decades, um, now with the Lord, and, and the funeral's this Saturday, and we're telling our members, hey, come and just show support. There, there may be some things to do. It may be that you just show up, and that will encourage the family. It does. And the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those who may show up and aren't part of this church or aren't believers. It's a great opportunity to interact. Mm-hmm. And they go, wow, this church really does care for their people. Mm-hmm. So. so, 2 p.m. Saturday. Yep. Welcome to join us. You're welcome to join us. You have the official invite from Paul Van Velzer. He told me to tell the whole church that they are welcome to come. Wonderful. I'll be there. What do we have, uh, Michael, moving on a little bit? Um, anything unique happening this Sunday? This Sunday is actually a pretty normal Sunday. Um, there's nothing crazy going on. We're singing songs. We're reading scripture. We're praying. We're hearing the word preached. Man, you really plan good orders of service. You know, this, it's these funny. Are, yeah. These are the reason. Of the reason you, you plan the are reason fantastic. Eric is saying this is because I lead music most Sundays, and people always come up to me and say, "I loved the songs we sang," or "I loved X Y Z of the service," whatever it is. X Y Z. I don't know. Why I said that, um, but they'll say, "You know, oh, where do you get your songs?" And I always, with a large grin, say, "You know what? Pastor Eric actually usually picks our order what? of service in our songs." Don't let the cat out of the bag. And and I, I think it's a great thing you do. I think as a pastor, as as you are, you should be concerned with what we sing and how we do it. It's not because Eric doesn't trust me, um, but it's because he wants to be intentional. I think it's it's really helpful. We sing wonderful songs. But I, think, I do not plan the service. I think Michael could totally do a fantastic job planning it. But yeah, from the beginning, I've been planning them. Um, and Michael is... I consult. The consultant... <laughs> It gives me great feedback on all these things. And so there's kind of a team effort. But the whole idea is to craft the entire service. It's not just about single song collect or selection, right? We're, we're thinking about the whole thing. As we go through the Sunday morning, we want the contours of the service to reflect the contours of the gospel. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Contours. 
I, I don't know, comment. I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard it explained that way before. It's just coming to me right now. This moment, <laughs> contours, the, 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 the shape, the curves <laughs> of the service. I've never even heard you use this word. We might cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> we might not. The shape of the service reflects the shape of the gospel. So we're typically um, starting with the character of God or of Christ. We're looking at him away from ourselves. We're then confessing our sins before a holy God. So in seeing God, we want to respond in confession. Uh, That enables us to really reflect deeply and rightly on Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we sing songs like Jesus paid it all. And whatnot, and then to to then finish with some sort of resolution, some sort of response, because of the gospel, He will hold me fast. We're singing that one this Sunday. That's a great one. Um, also, Oh Lord, my Rock, my Redeemer. Yeah, We're singing that one as well. So there's a there's a purpose for the all this. There's a, a logical flow that we try to maintain that is more than just Hey, this song's great. Let's throw it in here. There's some some thought to the the whole of the service. The scriptures we we read are purposeful. The prayers we pray are purposeful. They're thought out. We want to be intentional with it all. Yeah. And again, we want you to participate. And that's why, again, we we said this, I think, last week, didn't we? We send out the order of service in the email. We do. It's coming this afternoon. And we put it in the bulletin. And I think... To just review it before, maybe on a Saturday night, to pray through each element. Read the scriptures we'll read. Read the scripture that's being preached on. Yeah, it will enhance your Sunday morning because you will feel more engaged with all we're doing uh, because you've already reviewed it and thought about it and prayed about it. We don't want to be consumers. We, we want to be participants when we worship together. That's right. When we come together as a church. Well, I'm excited for the Sunday mm-hmm. um, to hear... The word preached as we continue to go through Jonah. We will see you all in just a couple days. That's right. See you soon.